The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer. Your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's the author of several books including Negotiations, Breakthroughs, and Fighting for Love. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel and she privately mediates business, employment, divorce, and other civil cases in her private practice in Laguna Niguel, California. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. She teaches leadership and conflict management courses at Brandman University and here at UCI. She also trains corporate leaders powerful communication and conflict transformation skills. To learn more about this show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Samari, who's your guest today? Well, we have a wonderful guest today coming to us all the way from New Jersey this morning, and her name is Tammy Gold. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her, but I've been reading her book, Secrets of the Nanny Whisperer, A Practical Guide for Finding and Achieving the Gold Standard of Care for Your Child. And I know, Lloyd, you remember all the au pairs that I've had over the years, and they were wonderful nannies, and most of them, I did, you know, I had my challenges as well. So I saw this in, in so many of the issues that deal with having someone either live in your home and taking care of your children or living out and coming in and taking care of your children are really communication and conflict management issues. So this really relates. And now we know so many women are working out of the home so that we don't have too many stay-at-home moms that that really um, you know, can take full care of their children. They need nannies. They need some kind of uh, you know, care for their children. And many of them are choosing nannies. And I know that this is a really growing industry. And it's so important that you communicate effectively with your nanny. So I thought this would be great. My kids are grown, thank God, but I've been through it, and I know what it's all about. So let me tell you a little bit about this wonderful author and her wonderful book. We are going to be interviewing in just a second uh, um, Tammy Gold, who is a licensed therapist and certified parenting coach. And she's worked with families and nannies for more than a decade, and she's the owner of and the founder of Gold Parent. Coaching. She's a frequent guest on Fox News, GMA, and CBS News, among others. And she is one of the first therapists to bring traditional psychotherapy tools to the process of finding and enhancing the quality of childcare. And I know even though we're on the campus here at the University of California, Irvine, a lot of the professors have nannies. I know that people who are driving by and business people also are looking for adequate child care. So this is a great thing for us to talk about in healing conflict as well. So, Tammy, thank you so much for joining us all the way from the East Coast. Thank you so much for having me. I wish I was back with you in the warm West Coast. It yeah. It is so warm and beautiful out there. 
Yeah, we, you know, I'm I'm from the Midwest and I've lived in New York, so I can relate. And I'm I, every day I'm grateful that I live where you know it's nice and warm. And and when it gets to be fifty, and I say burr, everybody else on you know in the East Coast and the Midwest is saying, oh, fifty, it's warm. You know, oh, fifty's so. terrific. I know it's all relative, right? <laughs> Well, let's talk a little bit about this. This is such an important issue on on dealing with, you know, child care. And and I was telling you how many through the years when my kids were little, I had lots of nannies um, and I I had to go through a lot of the things. And I I wish at that time that I would have had your book, Secrets of the Nanny Whisperer, and had all these guides. I pretty much had to learn all these things that you have in here um, on my own. So let's talk a little bit about what you have in the book just so people have an idea what uh, what's in this sure so the book is about um, as a therapist I wrote about the psychological importance of good child care knowing that 75% of US moms are working today and um, one out of four children in America is looked after by someone other than a parent As a therapist, I knew how important it was because I studied attachment theory and um, I read a lot of brain studies how this person is really going to help shape this child. And yet, you know, it's a very unregulated world, it's very confusing, there's no government agency that helps you along. So I thought it was important to help parents understand the physical aspects of uh, caregiving, but also the emotional aspects, how to find good caregiving, how to talk to your caregiver how to train your caregiver so you can best advocate for your child and yourself. Yeah, and it's hard. I know when my kids were little, um, I I didn't get to be a stay-at-home mom. You know, I was a single mom, and I had to work. And so I know there's a lot of emotional feelings that people have. Let's talk about some of the emotions by the parents and some of the emotions by the, the nanny. Oh, there it is filled with emotions. As a therapist, I believe this relationship to be the most complex out there. Um, it's personal, yet it's professional. Um, you're being, a, you're paying for love and care. Um, no other job is an employee paid to love and nurture their boss's child. It is ripe for conflict and full of a huge myriad of emotions anger, resentment, guilt um, on both sides. So a lot of problems can come into play and conflicts can abound if communication is not handled correctly up front and in the beginning. Yes. And, you know, sometimes parents are even jealous of the fact that the nanny gets to stay with the children and, and the parent doesn't. And I Oh, yes. It's, it's hard that the parents feel angry at that. And then sometimes they feel um, that, oh, this isn't that job, you know, hard to do. It's easy. I wish I could stay home with my kids. What an easy job. So you have all of those emotions, the sadness and resentment that they can't be with the children and maybe sometimes the misperception that it's an easy job and, um, you know, this can make communication, appreciation, respect, all of those things needed in a good relationship not possible. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the communication is so critical. I know one of the things I learned to do pretty early on, and you have in your book, which I really liked, was to have lists and and pretty much a schedule 
of what happens, you know, so that it's there in black and white. They can look at the schedule. They can see, you know, I mean, I even had to have my au pair um, pick my son up from, you know, take my little one to one class and, and take my son to karate and then pick him up. And, you know, I mean, it it, it was a, a crazy it's schedule at times. Right? Yes, yes. So I had... A big schedule that I put in the refrigerator, you know, <laughs> that that everything was clear. Everybody knew what was going on, and if there was any other problem, who to call, when to call, how to deal with the different things, and and then I had a list of everything that would go on during the day, and and who you know who could be called, and where you go, and directions how to get there, and oh my goodness, I mean, you pretty much have to have it all laid out for that person so and go over it with them and make sure that they understand it right oh yes i mean it's it's a, a job no different than any other job and if telephone operators and uh you know bank tellers anybody walking into a a regular job gets job training and this most important job a child and a family there doesn't sometimes it's a handshake and then the nanny starts the day um, or the au pair starts the day. And what I try to explain is that one child care does not fit all. Right. Nannies are different, au pairs are different, but most important, children are different. Yes. Nobody knows the specifics of your child like you do. So you need to sit down and go over the, the physical, like you're talking about, who goes where, when, um, your rules, what you allow and why you allow it, what you don't allow, and the emotional. If they get upset, them this way. If they get angry, uh, motivate them that way. Yes. That piece is often overlooked when having caregivers transfer in. And putting it on paper like you do, like you did, not only makes it professional, so it keeps the emotion out of the uh, exchange of information, but it allows someone to refer back to it and have some support throughout the day. Yes, and and what I always did was I always took off like two weeks and, and did everything with my au pair. Now, one of the good things that would happen is if I had a really good au pair and then it, the, you know, if I had a really good nanny and that nanny was leaving to go back to school or go back to her country, I had a lot of Danish ones, um, I would have them train the new one and help that, me interview. Oh, and that was the best. And um, I have a funny story. I had the most wonderful up here. We hated for her to go back, but she wanted to go back and get her master's degree. She helped my son get through calculus, which I could never have done, which was oh, great. Wow. <laughs> wow. Had, yeah, she was great. She helped him. He was in junior high taking calculus, and she helped him. But um, one of the great things was is she was so good, and she really had everything under control that she helped me interview the the new au pair and when the new au pair came she came from Denmark and um, the first night we were all together and that is a night that we had thir- three earthquakes <laughs> oh my gosh so, like the worst ones a Northridge earthquake and and um, when Inga who was my first one was here you know we never had an earthquake the whole year and when Lottie came. Uh, we, you know, she went to bed early, and we were all talking because she had flown so many hours, and she had never been on a plane, never been out of Denmark, but she had been taking care of children in Denmark, and uh, knew English perfectly, but she had never been in an earthquake, and here we had three of them in one night, and I had to scream, you know, stand in the doorway, stand. She, by the time that next morning, she wanted to go back home. <laughs> 
Luckily, I had the other Danish girl that talked to her in Danish and say, look, this is the first time it happened. Don't worry. Everything's great. You're going to love it. And she, you know, Lottie did turn out to be one of my very favorites. And she stayed the whole year. And we laughed about it. You know, and even in our Facebook, when we talk, we laugh about it. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's nice if you've got somebody really good and you trust them and they're going to be leaving, but you trust them to help train. That is, that was the best. Oh, yes, because they can, you know, they can um, they teach you the in and outs and they can observe any issues that they see may not be a good fit and help fix that or train for that. So that is wonderful. Yes. Wonderful. I tell all parents, if they can, if they, you know, because sometimes people can't afford it, which I totally understand, but if they could get even a couple days or one day with the old outgoing nanny and the new nanny together, it can be so helpful transition, training, and assessment purposes. Yes, yes, it really, it really does help. I mean, I've done that with secretaries in my office, too, if they're really good and they're leaving to go and do something else, you know, and I really trust them, then that that really helps the next person, too. So let's talk about, you know, how do you find one and, you know, how do you interview one for, you know, background checks and stuff. Let's talk about that because I'm sure there's people going by and saying, God, I'm so scared in this day and age. You know, you don't know who you're getting and they're going to come into your house and be with your children alone in your house. And, you know, how do I do this? Um, That is such a good I mean, that's such a good question, and the basis, you know, one of the uh, reasons I wrote the book, because it's, it's such an overwhelming, daunting task. These yes. people are virtual strangers. Where do I find them? How do I find them? What do I ask them? Because, again, it's not a regulated field. There's no national certification or national licensing that's um, dictated by the government. So in the book, I talk about how to do the steps, and number four, one is assessing your needs first, rather than looking first, because if you look first and figure out what you want second, you know, you may not have a match there. Right. So in the book, I talk about um, assessing this fit by looking at yourself and your needs uh, emotionally and physically and what kind of care you want as a, a parent. Do you want someone to run the show 100%? Do you want someone to partner with you 50-50? Or do you want someone to really just execute in your kind of really running everything. And then when you know your needs emotionally and physically, you can start the search. And there's agencies or online databases. Um, There is, um, I always think that great referrals come from friends and family. Yes, yes. Preschools, churches, temples, um, other caregivers in the family. I think that those are obviously the best line of defense if you can do that, um, but that is not always possible. Um, and then there are mothers' groups, online groups. Um, I know mommybites.com has a posting board where the mothers uh, post their old nannies. So online has just been such a great tool. Yes. Um, but usually if you can start with the friends, the family, the neighbors, the coworkers, your community first, that's the best starting point. Right, but okay. So then, let's say you've you've found somebody that you think might be good. Let's talk a little bit about the communication in the interview. Okay, communication is so key in this process because, as I explain in the book, uh, there are a lot of communication barriers in the interview 
candidate process. There are language barriers. There are cultural barriers. There are age differences. People are uncomfortable with each other. There are people that probably wouldn't be put together because they're very different together in an intimate situation. So unfortunately, interviews are really not a good diagnostic interview, uh, interview indicator. You're really looking for a degree of fit, kind of a feeling for the interview, and then next I recommend the trial. But in the interview itself, I recommend that parents, instead of asking generic questions, um, they ask targeted questions about their needs because those are the questions that are going to help answer, is this person a match for me? Right. Hearing about the past is wonderful, but most important is, can you manage twins? Have you ever worked with a family with four children before? I work 70 hours a week and I travel. Tell me a time in your life that you've worked with a family like this. Right. You want to take those emotional, physical needs we talked about in the beginning, and then you want to shape questions around them in the interview. And even to give them a scenario, like what would you do if this happened? You know, yes. so that you see, do they have the critical thinking skills that they would get through something? Like, what would be the steps you would take if this happened? You know, what if you couldn't get a hold of me? You know, yes, you know I worry. I have scenarios. a I have a friend who has um, a son who married a, a woman who is Chinese, and she got a, a a nanny who doesn't speak any English. She only speaks Chinese. And I said, oh, I oh have that a lot. I have that a lot, and I don't really recommend it sometimes. I know. she should. You know, it just scares me to death. What if there was a big problem? She wouldn't be able to communicate with police or doctors or anybody, you anybody. know? Nobody. So, you know, I mean, I just, when I heard that, of course, I opened my big mouth because I was, I was there. You know, I was the type of person that always had... Um, you know, people live in and, and be with me, but they had to speak English. They had to speak English. I mean, I think that it's so important, and a lot of people want their children to have another language or they want to foster the culture from where it is they came. But if it is dangerous for someone not to be able to, at the very least, know how to pick up the phone and call 911. Yes. And know how to give a street address and landmarks. Yes. Know how to answer the phone if there's an emergency. These are things that have to happen because when the parents are away, things may come up. They may need to give medicine and have no idea how to read to give the Tylenol right. or a high fever. Right. And you have to think about all of that. Yes, yes. So, I mean, I love the idea of, of, of your child becoming bilingual and learning that when you're young, but I think that they, you know, we have to think about the danger how about background checks? What do you think about background checks? I think as many checks as you can do is terrific because this person really is a virtual stranger unless you know, they've nannied for a friend of yours for many years. So they're really not that expensive. You can do a background check. You can do a financial check. You can do you know, a legal check. And you may find that they sued two ex-families or right. that they're in massive amounts of debt. And these things are helpful. They don't necessarily mean they're going to be disqualified, but they're helpful so you can say, so tell me about this, what happened? And it may be a very reasonable um, situation, or it may reveal that that's not the right person for you. So background checks are really helpful, and reference checks from old employers 
are essential as well. Yes. What do you think about nanny cams? Um, a lot of people ask me this, and my stance on nanny cams is it's okay if you're honest and upfront. Yeah, Can yeah. Can you explain? I have a nanny cam in my home. It has nothing to do with my trust level in you. It has to do with the fact that when I'm away from my children, whether it's at the store for 20 minutes or at work for 20 hours, I want to be able to connect and see them. And I'm lucky because the power of technology allows me to do this. This is so my children and my home can be viewed and kept safe and we have it in appropriate places, not inappropriate. Not in a bathroom, right, right. Not in a bathroom. And you just come right out and say it and allow those who are not comfortable to not work there. And those who are comfortable should know I have nothing to hide. Unfortunately, sometimes parents are not sure, are they hurting my child, and they put a cam up. And I always hate that scenario because you don't want to ever catch someone hurting your child. You want to investigate well before and in different ways um, because, you know, dangerous things can happen and you don't want them to happen. So by verbalizing that you have these cameras um, and it's not about you not trusting the nanny, no nanny should really have a problem with it because many, many professions have videotapes, stores, restaurants, banks. Almost everything has surveillance right now. Right, right, yeah. And you're talking to a privacy lawyer, too, so I kind of freak out on some oh, of these okay, things. So you know. Yeah, I know about this stuff, but as, as long as... And I think it should be transparent that you have right. it. And and also t- them to understand, I think, the way you explained how that you want to be able to see your children and how important that is. And I think, you know, th- they, you know, they're going to have to understand. You're going to have to talk about it with them at a very, you know, um, important level, which leads me to one of the chapters in your book, Secrets of the Nanny Whisper. You have an actual chapter on how to speak nanny, (laughs) communicating to bring out the best in your child's caregiver. So let's talk a little bit about that. You know, what are some of the important things in talking to your your nanny? It's so important to be clear um, and non-emotional because, um, you know, you need to get things done for your family and you want it to be clear and make sure the person's respected. And I mediated through so many nannies being upset and families being upset that I thought, what could I do? What three tips could I do that we could strip away the emotion and make sure that everything was handled properly? Because sometimes parents may say, could you do this? Or do you mind doing that? Or when you have time? Or we don't really like that, but it's not clear. So nanny speak, which could be used in any speak, I got it from a lot of couples techniques I used to do in therapy, is stating what you need from the nanny, what you need for your children, and why or what you need for yourself. So there's no miscommunication possible when you say, I need you to get the children dressed and ready for gymboree at 4 o'clock. I need them to have socks because they go barefoot and they need their jackets and hats today because it's very cold. And I need you to go with them because I have a quick appointment that I need to do at the exact same time. So let's have everybody ready at 4 o'clock. That is so much easier than the many phone calls I fielded where the nanny said, I had no idea she said I should be going, or I had no idea she said, please make the dinner. 
she gave me a list of could you if you have time, and I didn't have time. Right, right, right. And this, this breeds a lot of resentment. The, the family feels that, wow, they're not listening to me, or they're defying me, or they're not respecting me. Yes. And the na- they be, may become passive-aggressive or angry, and the nanny's thinking, I don't even know that. I just, I didn't understand the importance of yes. it. Yes. So being clear is critical because in the end it's all about the best care for the children. Right. And, and even even that. a checklist, like if you have something special that needs to be done today, tell them first and then say, look, just to help you remember and me remember, here's a checklist. So, it, you know, and then they can check off what they've done. And then you Absolutely. know if they've got it done and then you don't have to keep saying, you know, did you? It's just like, okay, this is, these are things that need to be done today and and some of the other stuff that you usually do on today, these are a priority. That is huge because I have yeah. so many calls. She, every day she forgets to go to the grocery store. Every day she doesn't prep the salad. Every week I'm so annoyed because we never get the bottles clean before she leaves. And then I say, did you, I said it ten times, and I said, okay, I know you said it ten times, did you write it down? Yes. So that they have a book, like you had a book when you started, that you could refer and you could look to, um, you know, I had one nanny in a trial who was disqualified. The mom loved her, she did everything perfect, but she forgot to chop the watermelon, and I don't want someone who would forget that. (laughs) So when I had to relay this to the nanny, the nanny said, I did everything it was six hours. It was hard to remember everything, and I only yeah. forgot that one thing. Oh, goodness. So it needs to be written down and be very yes. clear. Yeah, and and be reasonable, too. You know, if you've got oh, 50 absolutely. million things on there, you know, I mean, because I had pretty specific lists, and some of them would be long, and then they say, oh, my God, this is a lot to do. And I go, well, look, you do the priorities first. You know, right. and if and tell me, let's let's work out, let's kind of problem solve it. If if you can't do all this on a Monday, let's talk about what you can do on Monday, and then what we could do till a different day, and and maybe that would be easier for you. You know, and, so that you that can is, kind of work it out. That is so true because unfortunately there are a lot of unreasonable expectations. Parents will say no TV, three toddlers, hot complex meal on the table at 5 o'clock, laundry and mopping. And the nannies, you know, may not work, they may not speak up, but it's an impossible, unreasonable set of situation that you could never do. And I've had, you know, I've had to go speak up on behalf of many nannies where I would say these are unrealistic expectations. And not only are they unrealistic, they're dangerous to your child. Yes. Someone should not be cooking and watching two young babies at the same time and have mopping um, bleach around. Right. This is not safe. You have to listen to what I'm saying or we need to put the baby in a high chair in front of a video so she can prepare the meal. Right. Um, and I think sometimes people think, oh, it's easy to be home. This isn't a difficult job. But you have to know that it's harder to care for other people's children. You don't have the same luxury of being a little bit more relaxed, putting them them in the jumpy seat when you're taking a shower or stepping away for a second like parents do. Nannies feel a huge responsibility, and when there's multiple children and cleaning involved, it becomes a safety issue. And it's the number one complaint I get is that it's too taxing. There's just too much to do in a day, and you never want someone to say, I really want to read this story. 
but I have to mop the floor. Right, right. You know? Yeah, exactly. So I think, you know, that's such an important thing is to sit down with your nanny once a week and say, how are things going? What, you know, what is too much? Or, you know, is do you find that you have any time to yourself? You know, what is really going on? Because I... You know, I mean, I learned that myself, and, and I was always able to, uh, you know, make time for them to have that time, you know. That's so nice of you, because most, you know, most people don't, and again, some people will say, I don't get breaks on my job, and, you know, that's understood. You don't have to give a break, but with young children, you know, it's nice for them to at least be able to sit down, have a quick bite to eat, um, something to, you know, rejuvenate for the next five hours they may have with children. And when they're really, really stressed and no one checks in with them, they may not have that ability. Exactly. Well, we're just about out of time, so I just want to give the name of your book again. This is Secrets of the Nanny Whisperer, A Practical Guide for Finding and Achieving the Gold Standard of Care for Your Child by Tammy Gold. And Tammy, why don't you give your website? And it's going to be time to go. Yes, thank you. So my website is just TammyGold.com, T-A-M-M-Y-G-O-L-D.com, and um, they can find information on the book or blogs I write, any kind of, they can even email me with a question. I'm always there for some sort of uh, support that parents always are looking for and deserve. That's really wonderful. Well, keep up the great work, and I'm glad that you're doing this. I wish I would have had it, you know, uh, 20 years ago. <laughs> oh, thank you. I get that a lot, but at least I'm happy it's out here, and I hope it helps. You know, if it helps one family, then it was worth it. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you, thank so, you much. so much. Mari. bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thanks. expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.